some of us are are called to help with the abortion cause. And so that's going to lead us right into Amy Julian, who's joining us now. Amy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, Well, well, thank you. So abortion is always a difficult topic for people to talk about, but it's one that we need to talk about. Um, And there can be a lot of pain, whether people want to admit it or not, that's involved with abortion. Can you speak a little bit about this? Yeah, um, and it really affects everyone differently, but there is a lot of pain that follows in the aftermath of abortion, and part of the problem is no one wants to have abortion. You know, they don't dream when they're a little girl of planning to to, to one day face this choice, you know, and, and when they make the choice, you know, when we decide that this is what we need to do is because there's no other option in their mind. You know, maybe it's the school situation or poverty or shame about being pregnant or finances or, um, you know, maybe it's a violent situation at home. But whatever the reasons, women that make this choice feel backed into a corner. And just like an animal will, will gnaw its own leg off when it's caught in a trap, a woman will have an abortion just to escape the situation. I mean, it's a, it's, it's rarely ever not a horrific situation in their mind that that makes makes us feel like this is the only way out, you know. And so, um, in that desperation, you know, you make this choice that other people look on and say, "How could you do that?" You know, and 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 in any other circumstance in their life, they probably would have thought the same thing, but because of this incredible. Um, you know, trauma and panic that that happens when you're pregnant, uh, particularly an unexpected pregnancy, you make this choice. And then we know the reality that, that this is your own child, you know, that God has written into us this desire to, to care for a child. And and you put that out of your mind when you make the abortion, and then eventually those, that comes back. And you create all kinds of coping mechanisms. It might be anger or bitterness or resentment, um, difficulty building or maintaining close relationships, because very often an abortion comes from a betrayal of, um, you know, your significant other that maybe either forced you or coerced you into having an abortion. And so you find it difficult to maintain relationships, um, substance abuse, uh, drugs and alcohol, promiscuity. Very often women will um, get pregnant again in order to try to somehow psychologically make it work out the next time and then find themselves in the situation and have a repeat abortion. Um, or maybe they go the other extreme and they completely avoid sexual intimacy or have mm-hmm. difficulty experiencing, um, you know, any kind of joy in the gift of our you know, sexual intimacy, uh, suicide, suicidal ideation, eating disorders. I mean, there's there's a list that's three pages long of different kinds of manifestations of this pain that women can have, and and it it, is, it can be just overwhelming. It can completely change your life in what that one single incident. Well, and I think this is such an important perspective that we need to have. Um, a lot of times, the pro-life community gets you know, branded, we just care about the baby and right. we don't care about anything else. And so I think this is a great opportunity to take pause and think about the other life that's involved other than mm-hmm. the baby, you know, what mm-hmm. that mother's going through. Right. And um, and that's one thing. When we speak to um, pro-life communities, um, you know, that's one thing we, we will remind them. Because, you know, 
when you're involved in pro-life work, you know, you see this, this beautiful baby and you think, how on earth can anybody do that? And they'll say that. I never understand how someone could murder their own child, you know, only to the woman that's in that situation, you know, they completely will buy into either the fact that they have no other choice or that it's the whole clump of cells, which today with ultrasounds and everything else, you're like, how could anybody buy into that argument in this day and age? And yet I still hear that. I still hear people say, oh, my gosh, I saw an ultrasound the year after I had my abortion. I had no idea that that's what I was aborting. I thought it was a clump of cells. Or nowadays with the um, the, the medical abortions, that they, the, you know, the chemical abortions that they have where you take the pill and then you go home and you actually mm-hmm. abort the baby in your own home and then you see the baby. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, that is... I think the post-traumatic stress that comes from those situations has to be unendurable. I can't even imagine that. Um, but when you make that choice, you know, you you find yourself in such denial because, like, the evil one, he's involved in all of this. We know that. And one of the things he does is he lures you into, this is your only choice. No one will ever know. Um, and then as soon as you make that choice, it's like he yanks the rug out from under you. Mm-hmm. And and he, and he and immediately you have that self-condemnation. How could you? How could you do that? That then is magnified by the pro-life community when we forget about the life of the mom. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes the secret and that, that power of the secret that the evil one tells you you can never tell anyone about this ever in your life. And and that secret like will will literally rule your life. It'll affect every every corner uh, of what what it is that you do. It can affect your career choice. Um I mean just you, you name it. it. It is an incredibly pervasive destructive influence on women's lives. Amy, you're speaking eloquently to the scars and the continued pain of abortion in these women's lives and in the men's lives oftentimes as well. Absolutely. Let's talk about the option of healing for them. Can you share with, with the rest of the audience what's going on at these Rachel Vineyards retreats and um, help them know that there's, there's hope, there's healing? Yeah, absolutely. And because um, that's the incredible mercy. And like we ask our priests, when you're talking about abortion, always bring in the, the hope of the mercy that's available in programs like Rachel's Vineyard. Um, women will come and men will come to the retreat, and when they walk in, I mean, they we've had people turn around in the parking lot and try to leave, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we will greet them in the parking lot because we know they're finally facing the thing that they've been avoiding for years and maybe even decades. We've had people come 60 years after their abortion that they hadn't told anyone that whole time. And they walk in and they are just like, you can just see the fear in their eyes, and, and, and they, it, they look hunted, you know, and that's how they've been feeling for all that time. And Sunday, when they walk out, it's a completely different person. They hold their heads higher, their face is cleared, you see a light in their eyes that they may maybe never thought they'd ever have again. And it's all because during the retreat, they have an encounter to... They have an opportunity to encounter the living Jesus, you know, through his words, through the scriptures, that then we do exercises where we physically almost act out where we physically receive the mercy that's present in his word, in the scriptures. And and they have an, just an incredibly deep 
and rich and real encounter with the living Jesus, with his mercy, with his love, with his care, with his healing, that even if they didn't have any relationship with Jesus walking in, whether they're Catholic or non-Catholic, Christian or Mm non-Christian, people have a real encounter. And they, they actually have that warmth of that healing and that hope that they never even dared to hope that they possibly could ever get, get back again. And even if they've gone to confession before, we've had women who have gone to confession repeatedly and never been able to integrate the healing that God gave them in the, the confession. You know, he forgave them their sins, but they weren't able to forgive themselves until they come to Rachel's Vineyard. And they're in the, the company of other men and women who have made that same choice. And they literally spend, you know, 48 hours the entire weekend just basking in that love and that mercy and that, you know, just that redemptive healing that Jesus gave his life to us on the cross, you know, so that we would be able to receive that outpouring of mercy and love. Amy, I can't, I can't imagine anybody clarifying this any better than you've done just now, this depth of Jesus' mercy. When Faustina talks, there's, it's unfathomable. Amen. It's unfathomable. And then, and then the, what you talked about when you said they've been, they've been forgiven in, in, in the sacrament of reconciliation, but they haven't forgiven mm-hmm. themselves. And, right. and I had a, this really wise priest, I'll say his name from the top of the hills, Father Roger Gaditz, and he said to me, he said, unforgiveness blocks healing. Right. Unforgiveness blocks healing. And unforgiveness can block that mercy that Christ wants to give all of us, mm-hmm. but especially these people. They have the greatest right of mercy, of Jesus' mercy, I think, are people that have been through this abortion um, mm-hmm. lie or the secret. Or, and like you said, they walk in and they look hunted. I, they look oh. hunted probably because they have been hunted. Feel, right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, yeah, I want to I point a... out that it's not just the women. It's the men. Right. It's the grandparents. Yeah. It's everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. So let's I, talk. I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I had a priest tell me one time that um, he almost envied the people who were post-abortive who had received this healing because he said that we can understand that mercy and redemption of Jesus and that, that, that you know we've been able to absorb that into the core of who we are in a way that people who didn't have that deep need for healing never would be able to understand. I mean, and he, I mean, you know, not that he envied the, the experience of abortion, no. but he envied the integration of mercy that ultimately was available to us. I've seen that, I've seen that in retreat ministries in prison, you know, through a rec- mm-hmm. residence in Counter Christ. I've seen it through 12-step re- retreats that we've hosted here. Something else right. you said is that the people that they're coming, they, they almost want to turn around in the, in the parking lot because mm-hmm. Satan is so much wanting to sell us this lie that, right. that Jesus won't forgive us. And yeah. the, what you're doing is singing that from Scripture to the physical experiences that you're doing, the exercises and just your presence of, of this balm of mercy. So... I, Amen. To share with folks now this next Rachel's Vineyard. It's going to be in western South Dakota. It's going to be October 11th through the 13th. I know we're praying for you guys every day here at the Abbey. Thank we're you. We're lifting that up. Yeah. So tell yeah. them a little bit more about, about that experience. 
sure. And so um, this retreat is actually sponsored by um, the Bismarck Diocese, but they're unable to host it this year, so the, the Rapid City Diocese will be hosting it the weekend of October through the 13th. Um, and then um, Carol Kling is the retreat coordinator, um, and she is the person that people contact for intake information. She has been doing, she's the one that brought Rachel's Vineyard to um, South Dakota uh, 19 years ago. We were one of the first um, uh, retreat houses, or, you know, Rachel's Vineyard retreats in the, the country shortly after they started. So she has a profound amount of experience with this. And from the time you contact Carol, you know, with this initial inquiry until the time you're able to make it to the retreat, you know, she's there to minister to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's there to help you to get there because even once you make that call, that call can be the hardest call you ever make. And But then Satan's going to keep working on you mm-hmm. to try to pull you back away. Yeah. But we, we start... Um, with dinner Friday night, we work through exercises that just gradually integrate you into that love and the, first to recognize our own need for healing. Um, just like, you know, blind man Bartimaeus, when they, when Jesus comes to him and says, what do you want from, from me? And we give voice to that desire for healing, you know, and then, um, and then just walking through him, like the woman at the well who has that, that incredible encounter with his mercy and, and just, you know, walk you through that in, entire moment of healing. And so we're anxious to offer this to anyone who is in need of it, men and women. And this is a program that is held throughout the country. Um, is there a place Correct. that people can go and find out more information on Rachel's Vineyard? Sure, and it's actually international now. Um, and it's rachelsvineyard.org. And that's online, or you can also go to the uh, Rapid City Diocese website and search for our Ra- um, Rapid City, or um, Hope After Abortion is the USCCB um, website. But rachelsvineyard.org speaks specifically to this retreat. And then you can also call Carol at uh, 605-374-5639. And she holds everything absolutely confidential. You, your name does not get written down on any kind of register or anything. But uh, if you call Carol at, at 374-5639, she can get you registered for this retreat. Yeah, and I think that's very important. I used to work for Catholic Family Services in Sioux Falls, and we also offered Rachel's Vineyard, and that is very important. It is 100% confidential. Even the location of the retreat is right. held confidential, so no one can go and see who's showing up to this Rachel's Vineyard retreat. And yeah, I think that's absolutely. really important to help people feel more comfortable in showing up. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very that. confidential. Right. It's Yeah. Yeah, because this is the biggest secret, you know, that people have carried their entire lives. And the thought of exposure is mm-hmm. is absolutely panic-inducing. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your great work, wow. Amy. God bless you. you. God bless you all. Thank this you. Is, Praise God. It is. Praise God for his mercy and his love. That's and how he manifests it. How he manifests it so many different ways. He's always calling us back. And isn't it great to be used, Amy, as a means yes. of his mercy? Oh, it's an privilege. incredible blessing. It's a yeah. privilege, yeah. Right. So God bless you. We'll, we'll continue Thank to pray you. for the, the the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat that's going to be in Rapid City October 11th through the 13th. And again, to call, to get involved, you can go to the website like she talked about or 605, I'll say that again, 605-374-5639 for caring, and I'm going to underscore confidential, confidential. Information, information. Thank you. Yeah. you. You deserve it. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you, Amy.